WHD Millville Atlantic City. 97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with 97.3 ESPN.com's Andrew DiCecco. Powered by InsideTheBirds.com. He's in. Touchdown. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's Football at Four. All right, Football at Four, powered by Inside the Birds Podcast. Andrew DeCecco is our Friday guest. He joins us now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Place your legal sports bet at playsugarhouse.com. Sign up now. They'll match your free deposit, $250. Go to playsugarhouse.com. Start betting on golf, boxing, UFC, Korean baseball, and more. 18 or older to play. Gambling problem, 800-GAMBLER. Happy hour Friday. Todd Rank tonight. We will have a little fun there as well to get you ready for the weekend. We'll get into the NFL. Some updates on the NFL. Deshaun Jackson, we just told you from Adam Schefter, Deshaun Jackson meeting uh, meeting with an anti-Semitic group yesterday, meeting with a 94-year-old Holocaust survivor today. So as Schefter's words, not mine, he's trying to educate himself. Uh, we got the text, um, the tweet this morning from Julian Edelman that said he and Jackson also have made plans to educate each other on each other's background. So uh, it looks like Deshaun Jackson at least is making an effort, Andrew DeCecco. So are these some of the things that Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles were hoping to see after they met the other day? Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, you know, he was he was told he needs to be active to, in promoting equality. And, you know, he's taking those steps. They, I feel like they're – they're really waiting before issuing, a, you know, a, a punishment. They really wanted to see Deshaun take that extra effort and see if he was going to take the measures, see what measures he was willing to go to to kind of, you know, educate himself. You know, he he spoke to the rabbi. Um, he spoke to a rabbi. You know, Julian Edelman reached out to him, and they're going to be going on, um, going to D.C. And you know, that's exactly what you want to see from Deshaun. And then you, I obviously saw what just what Adam Schefter just tweeted about meeting with a 94-year-old Holocaust uh, survivor and um, and a, a group against anti-Semitism. So I, I think he's doing he's doing everything that you would expect him to do. You know, you know words without action are, are meaningless, but you know he's putting actions behind his words. Yeah, I mean, it seemed that uh, you know there was no definitive uh, end game for Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. This was more. How are you going to uh, – what will your actions be after this meeting? You show us that you want to be a part of this organization because many people are saying, well, he's not educated on it. Well, the Eagles say go educate yourself and then we'll, we'll – re-. so the end game answer was not there, but it seems that uh, he is trying to at least hold up his end of the bargain. So it seems that the Eagles now, uh, you know, the decision goes back to them. Is Deshaun Jackson doing enough to kind of suffice their meeting? Yeah, and that goes back to what we were talking about on Tuesday. Like I said, I never for one second thought that Deshaun Jackson was coming from a place of hate. I thought he was coming from a lack of understanding. And they said, they pretty much said, like you, like you were saying, go educate yourself then. And that's, and that's what he's done. You know, he has all these different resources at his fingertips here and people willing to reach out and work with him on these things. And, and he's definitely taking them up on that. And that has to make Jeffrey Laurie and company uh, happy to see him take these steps. Marquise Goodwin and Malik Jackson also had words to say in comments on Instagram about this whole thing. Do you sense that maybe they will need to go through something as well, similar to Deshaun Jackson? 
Um, not necessarily. I don't. Nec- I don't think that it's gone gotten to that point. Um, I don't think that they went. They certainly didn't go to the to the measures that Deshaun did to kind of warrant something like that. Um, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. It, it obviously made new made a little bit of news yesterday, but. Um, if you read Marquise Goodwin's, you know, comments, he made it very clear that, you know, he has no hate in his heart or anything like that. So um, I, I think that I think that that won't be that won't be necessary for them. Andrew DeCecco, Football 4, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. And of course, Andrew, uh, you look at um, all of the stuff, you know, you, you the Eagles have a lot of distractions going on uh, around them all of a sudden with this Malik yeah. Jackson and Goodwin. I mean, it seems that everybody is just hoping to get to, to uh, training camp. Where we stand on this Friday, how do you feel about the plan to get back to work? Well, there, there's a lot that needs to get kind of hashed out between now and then. You know, not besides an Eagles from an Eagles Eagles perspective. I mean, you you saw that you know members of the NFL Management Council Executive Committee and the NFLPA Executive Committee. You know, they had that call on Monday, and they're going to be working through you know, a lot of pivotal issues such as testing protocols, report dates, opt-outs, compensation, you know, really important things. Um, you don't have a, a lot of time to iron all that stuff out, so you really hope they can make some headway with those conversations on Monday because you had four months or so to kind of, you know, really, you know, get the ball rolling on a lot of these things. And it, it, it almost seemed like they were just thinking that this was going to go away or that they would, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But, you know, it, there, there's many things that play here. And it almost feels like they're fumbling the baton as they're getting closer to the finish line. Yeah. Now, an interesting thing came out today uh, from a couple of teams. One, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who said 25% capacity Mm -hmm. uh, will be for each home game this year. I saw the Bengals saying there will be no tailgating in the lots. But it does seem uh, that the NFL has said fans, when they're allowed, they will be required to wear face coverings indoors. So, I mean, are we starting to get that sense and the feeling that the NFL not only wants to kick off, but they want fans in some capacity, no pun intended, to be there when they kick off? Yeah, there's no question that the NFL, you know, they they want to get this thing started on time. They want at least some fans in the stands, and I think they're starting to see that, you know, 25% is is likely going to be, you know, what you're going to be dealing with um, for these games. I, I don't see see that teams being able to, you know, hold, you know, 50% upwards of 50% of the of their capacity, you know, given the situation. So it's, it's good to see that they're taking all these, that they're taking these measures and, and, you know, they have all these protocols in place. Now it's so, now it's working. Now it's like fine tuning, you know, the, the other issues such as like the, you know, the report dates. And, you know, I think you might actually see some players that, you know, don't feel comfortable doing, you know, going through this and may decide to may look at, may look to opt out for this season. And, um, you saw what the NFLPA said that, you know, because of the loss of revenue, they, they were suggesting that players proposing, that players, you know, you know, sacrifice 35% of their salary, um, you know, but which is kind of, you know, absurd considering they're the ones assuming all the risks. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of things that, that really need to be sorted out here before, uh, before we can even, even get to training, uh, July 28th. Yeah. Now Pete Carroll came out today. He said he wouldn't mind if uh, push uh, if the teams pushed back training camp. And I guess that would somewhat be predicated on if there was no preseason. I guess they would almost be hand in hand. Push back training camp. Take out the preseason. We'll start a little mm-hmm. bit later. Play no or you know play no preseason or play only two, but move those two back and start camp. So it seems that there's still 
you know, some thought that on July 28th, when they want camp to start, that that might not happen. Yeah, Mike, you know, as, as we get closer to that date, it's starting to become more likely to me, at least, that I don't, that there may not be a preseason because there's so many different things that still, that still need to get hashed out. And, you know, I don't know that there's enough time to get all that sorted out between now and then. It just seems like a big, like, like a, like a rush here. So I think that um, they could, they could just do away with the preseason altogether, push back training camp, like you said, and, you know, have more time to, you know, practice and get towards this and get healthy and have their protocols in place and, you know, really focus on the season. You mentioned that some players might opt out once things start to move forward. Donovan mm-hmm. Smith, left tackle of the Buccaneers, who will be protecting Tom Brady, said that it might not be worth the risk. And I wonder if one person does come out and officially opt out, will that start a snowball effect similar to what you're seeing in baseball? Buster Posey was the most recent one to opt out. I think it could, Hunter, actually. You know, there's actually some college players that I can see, you know, some prominent college players that might not want to enter the draft, may not want to play this season because they have the draft, you know, kind of looming and they don't necessarily want to take that risk of playing this season. I think you're going to see that with the NFL. Um, like one player may decide to do, may, may decide that it's not worth the risk, you know, putting their families in, in, in compromising positions and, um, and then you could see other players kind of follow suit. You know, it, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with how how baseball and and, and the NBA uh, they kind of how they're able to work through this um, this issue in the coming weeks. But I think that's a possible. It's, it's a significant possibility that a lot of guys might uh, might go that route, especially once you hear what what comes from that Monday uh, that Monday call. Yeah, uh, I do want to get your take because I know. You know, you are big on covering the college players and the the combine mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. The college game and the effect this might have on the NFL moving forward, and that not having college or condensed college seasons. I mean, how? I mean, the NFL is probably not concerned about that right now, but is that something that could right. also be a big Im- impact for the football season? It's going to be a huge impact because, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Ivy League has actually moved their season to the spring. They haven't announced um, that yet, but they are considering playing in the spring, but they have canceled the fall. Right. They've canceled the fall. And I, I kind of I see um, the NCAA as a whole. I, I kind of see them pushing back the season, and it's going to affect, you know, then all of a sudden it becomes – well, okay, you push back the season, then what becomes of the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine Bowl and you know the Combine and, and the draft? And um, that's kind of something that you really haven't you haven't thought of, and I don't even know how that would even work. Um, but you know, it's right now everything is slated to be on time. But you know, I don't even know. There's a lot of things that 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 need to that need to occur before. Um, before you even get to the NFL draft, and you know it's 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 kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, I mean that could be a you know another trickle down effect to the NFL if they do if there is no college season. I mean, absolutely. absolutely. What what would you? I mean, it, right now, what percentage chance do you see a college football season happening? Hmm. Man, uh, to be honest, I, I think as we get closer and. Um, you kind of see how things are starting to shake out and cases rise. And um, I think, I think it could be 50, 50 right now, to be honest with you. I mean, I could see it very, very easily going either way. And, you know, this, let's say the season does start on time. I don't know that they finish the season. That's, that's going to be the problem because then it's going to coincide like the NFL season, obviously it's going to coincide with flu season. And then, then it becomes, you know, unfamiliar territory. Then what happens? 
Um, geez, you're in a you're in a very you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about like, okay, the Big Ten is not playing conference games, and then mm-hmm. you know, like today here locally, high school football has been pushed back to October now, so they've already cut one month out. What if right. the Big Ten or college football they all say, you know what, we don't think we can get ready by September. We're going to start in October, and you only play you know six games instead of ten. Uh, and then that doesn't, you know, it's just a trickle-down effect that is unrealistic. But, you know, some people would say, well, why could the NFL play and not college? I mean, that is tied to really the school, right? I mean, that's where the big difference is, is the professionals are getting paid where the college kids are tied exactly. to the university. Yeah, exactly. There, there's there's different there's different things at stake here. You know, college players are not getting paid. Um, but you know, you did mention something interesting. You know, let's say they do get, they do play six games. Well, six games, and then they shut it down. They have to shut it down, or or whatever. If they start in October and then they play a handful of games, well, that that's better than nothing. You know, some of these guys, uh, their draft stock is, you know, is, is riding essentially on this season um, in some cases. So, um, you, I think some sort of college football play. I just don't know if it'll be a full a full slate of games this season. And you know, if you do start in October, like we like we were saying. That's going to be that's kind of when flu season really starts to kick in, and, and you know, and then you know what happens. What happens if the cases spike again? Do you, do you just call the season? Do you just or, or what do you do? It's it's really um, it's really just strange times, and you know, starting in October, I don't know that that's that that's plausible. I don't think that college football will be played, but sometimes I just question because we're not in a huge college football market, but we look at the right. Eagles in the NFL, like it, it has to be done. You would think that they have to find a way to get it done based off of money and things like that. When we look at the SEC and we look at Alabama, LSU, Georgia, they feel that way that we feel about the Eagles towards their team. So I just wonder if down there, down south, is college football so big that they have to find a way to get it done, similar to how That's we a, feel about I, the NFL. I said yesterday, Andrew, that if they just said, if you want college football, wear a mask the next couple of months, you would see a mask on every person down there. <laughs> yeah, college football is a way of life down there, for yeah. sure, especially when especially when you see their, their recent history and, and the quality of play. Um, I don't know. It, it's tough to say because you see what the University of Houston, you know, they, they – they were conducting practices and, and guys were, you know, testing positive for COVID. Um, I mean, you know, when you get in these summer workouts, there, there's what, 80, 80 players, just like the NFL. I believe there's 80 players on a college roster, 70, 80 players. Um, it, it's going to be kind of hard to, um, they don't, well, one, we don't know what their protocols are, but it's going to be really hard to, you know, make sure everyone's, you know, staying healthy and social distancing and everything, um, I, you know, just to make it to September, I, it's, it's going to be pretty challenging. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to pull it off. Andrew DeCecco, Football 4, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast here with us as we um, uh, continue on. I want to go back to Jackson here for a second. Lane Johnson this morning, he was on with uh, Golick and Wingo, and he he basically said, that, you know, I talked to Deshaun. I know he's under the fire. When you make mistakes, you have to own up to it. I think the best thing is to get educated, try to make all the wrongs you did right, and that's all you can do. So that's, you know, Lane talking about his teammate. Now, Chris Long yesterday said something pretty interesting when it goes back to the Riley Cooper situation, and he said that Cooper – after that, he had to walk back into the locker room, which was, you know, mainly African-Americans. And that was right. like a big thing for him to educate himself and then have to walk back and kind of 
be in the locker room with his peers. And that is where there might be one big difference here with Deshaun Jackson. But I want to ask you, do you think that this could cause any problems in the locker room with Deshaun? Because I'm sure there were problems with Cooper in that locker room, I would have to imagine. Yeah, actually, yeah, Moshe and I were talking about this uh, a little bit yesterday. And, you know, with him covering the the story so closely – um, if you remember when you know, LaShawn McCoy wouldn't speak to Riley Cooper uh, for for a while, it took a while for him to to you know kind of warm back up to Riley Cooper, and um, and I believe it was his first practice. Riley Cooper got into a fight with Kerry Williams, um, so I mean it, he wasn't very well received, and it took a while for him. He actually had a career, ended up having a career season that year. Um, it, it took a while for him to really build build up that that trust and and you know for the team for the team to you know kind of gain their he had to regain everyone's respect and um and Deshaun there's similar it's a different situation I guess for Deshaun um but I mean you know he's in Deshaun's case he's you know he's following up his words with his actions and and that's respectable in, in itself and he's going through the he's taking these extra measures to really make sure that he's educating himself and I, and I think that, you know, that that's, that's, that that's going to earn him respect. He's go, he's going through, he's following up his words with his actions. And um, so I think that he'll be, he should be well received um, by the time the, you know, by the time training camp begins. Gil brought up Lane Johnson and it looks like him and Matt Pryor are actually in a summit right now in Texas. It does say that safety yeah. protocols are in place, but what exactly is going on there? Yeah, um, uh, Duke Manyweather. If you guys aren't familiar with him, he's a private offensive line coach. He's a terrific follow on Twitter. Um, but you know, he ha- he's they're doing uh, you know the, uh, there's something where they watch film and then they go through you know walkthrough type uh, on field drills and you know, you know Teron Armstead's there, Laramie Tunsil's there, a lot of a lot of off- offensive linemen are there. Eric McCoy from the Saints. Um, the, what I found really interesting about this hunter is the is the kind of procedures that they have to go to you know go through because of the uniqueness of of COVID. You know, um, they have to sign a liability waiver. Um, there's they got to get their temperatures taken at the front desk. Um, the ballroom that they sit in will you know they typically seat the tables that seat eight will now they're now going to seat four. Um, the tables are going to be staggered ten feet apart. So they're doing these different things to get it to get it you know, to make sure they can run it smoothly. But it, it's kind of interesting to see the measures that they're willing to take, you know, in order to get this thing off. I think they got a long way to go, don't you? <laughs> I think they have a long way to go, man. Long way. And don't you think the players feel they have a long way to go? And you kind of sense that, Mike, when you see some of the quotes that are coming out. You saw what Malik Jackson said. You know, he's like, I can't, I can't sack a quarterback, you know, six feet away, you know, and, and, you know, you start to see the concern, even Malcolm Jenkins, I believe it was a month or so ago, uh, maybe it was yes. two months ago when, you know, he, he expressed concern. Um, players are assuming all the risks here. And, um, and I think that there's so much uncertainty here with the virus and, and there's, there's not all the protocols aren't in place yet. So there's going to be a lot of, um, there's going to be some nervous players out there, and that's kind of leads back to what I was saying. I think you could see some potential opt-outs once you see, you know, kind of how that how that's all going to work after that Monday uh, that Monday call. So the Eagles signed Quez Watkins. What does this exactly mean for the team? I know people tried to put that together with Deshaun Jackson yeah. news, but what does that mean for him and the team? To echo what Jeff said, you know, that had, <laughs> those two had nothing to do with one another. Um, you know, Quez Watkins is, uh, you know, he was a late-round pick. He's going to have an opportunity for a roster spot. 
you know, he's going to have an uphill battle for a roster spot, I should say. He's going to be in that battle with, you know, Greg Ward, John Hightower, and Marquise Goodwin, perhaps, for that slot, for that role. But um, he, he's a raw player. He's he's probably would be best served with a, from you know, spending a season on the practice squad. But um, it's good to see him get, get you know, get that contract signed or now he can focus on, you know, you can focus on preparing yourself for training camp if and when that, that happens. Um, but, you know, he, he has an uphill battle to make the roster. I'll leave you with this. John Clayton was on with us on Wednesday, and he mentioned that Clowney's price is going down. One of the reasons is he was offered $17, $18 million from the Dolphins and the Browns, and he says that they're not good enough teams. He wants to play for a good team, and if he's willing to take one year, 9 to $10 million, is that an attractive enough uh, number for Howie Roseman? And the caveat was if you sign him to a one-year deal and he leaves, you get that third-round comp, uh, comp pick most likely if he walks out the mm-hmm. door. So if that's the number, nine to ten million for a year, should the Eagles be interested? Yeah, I think you have to be for nine nine or ten million. I think that would be a steal. You know, I think that if if the, if the price is right, I think that the Eagles will be an attractive destination for him. I think it'll be a good marriage. But I think what the Eagles would like to do in a perfect world is get a long look at their defensive linemen, the the Josh Sweats, the Sharif Millers, the Jannard Avery, who they traded a fourth-round pick for last season, really see where they're at in their development um, throughout the summer before. I, I don't anticipate Jadavian Clowney signing, you know, within the next month or so. I kind of think he'll be a, a, an August edition for a team, you know, once teams really assess what they have and, and don't have. Um, but I think the Eagles would, would really like to see what they have on the defensive line before, you know, pressing, you know, before adding another player to the position. But, you know, if they've, if they've shown anything, they, they, they like to, they, they, they place an added emphasis on the defensive line. So that would be the place where they would add. All right, Andrew DeCecco, Football for powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. And, of course, uh, Andrew's back on Tuesday. Now, we didn't ask you Tuesday. Broads brought in uh, war a t-shirt that he bought on the street at a Phillies game. Do you buy the, the t-shirt on this from the street vendor, the knockoff? Bro, I'm with you, man. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to knock it because you know what? I, wow. th- I think we've all bought, I think we've all gotten a shirt or two from the street vendors. Um, I like the Bash Brothers shirt. You know, I, I, I'm more, I kind of liken that to, you know, the Mighty Ducks, Portman and. Uh, <laughs> See, that's, that's where I went. I went Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I'm with you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock it because I've done it before. You got it. You, do you have them still? Do you wear them? No, actually, I mean, I can understand if you say it was a drunk. Whoa, whoa, whoa! If he said it was a drunk purchase and like that's it, you wore it the one night, but he rocked it. To I, work. De- I defended why I had to wear it. My laundry is really low, and at my new house, the washer and dryer is not set up yet. This is a perfect reason why I wore it. I said that's a fair that's reason. Fair. My now, point my is, question is, yeah. After you wash it, after you wash it, 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 the shirt's still intact. Does it fit? Because my past experience, you know, you, you give that two wears, and that shirt's pretty much history, man. Like you can't, you can't read, you can't read anything on the shirt anymore. It's it, it's shrunk. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I it is in the pile of like my hangout around the tea, like hangout around the house, or like go to sleep in it type shirts. Hmm. Got a yeah. Uh, all right, that, that, that's fair, man. Do you have a happy hour Friday IPA for us? Of course, uh, I think I'm going with uh, cloudy and cumbersome from from Levante Brewing. Ooh. It's kind of fitting for the for, it's kind of fitting for the weather that we have right now. <laughs> All right, Andrew DeCecco at a DeCecco NFL football four here on the Sports Bash. Have a great weekend, man.
Guys, take care. All right, he'll be back Tuesday. Great stuff. As always, uh, the Football of Four guys do a great job from the Inside the Birds podcast. I got a text here. Uh, my buddy's a Steelers fan. He says, I got a shirt from the from the streets. He rocks it all the time. Well, he's in Pittsburgh. Everything's on the streets up there. Well, sure, but he's a T-shirt off the street guy. Yeah, I tailgated at a Steeler game one time. I didn't go in. Tailgate. See, I'm anti that. Well, uh, I didn't have tickets. Well, then I was why would visiting you... a friend, and they had tickets. So you just went to party and then leave? Well, I hung out in the in the lot. Yeah, see, I'm anti go to a game, party, and leave. Well, an Eagles game, but I was in Pittsburgh. I was in college at the time, so we went to Pittsburgh to this guy's, you know, a buddy of mine lived in Pittsburgh. Then we went down to the tailgate. Him and his family went to the game. I said, I'll hang out here. I don't care. What'd you do after? Went back to Morgantown. Okay. Seems like, seems like a fun day. <laughs> I mean, we were in college back then. Had to get back for class on Monday. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> Sports Bash 97.3. Ask Mike and Broads on the other side. Get your questions in now for today's Ask Mike and Broads. 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Today's Ask Mike and Broads will answer your questions coming up next. The Flyers are in the NHL. 0973. All right, time for Ask Mike and Broads. You guys can uh, send your questions in for today's Ask Mike and Broads. 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Send us a text with your questions We'll get to as many as we can today. Got some good questions today on a Friday. I like the Friday be a little lighter. Got some hardballs today. Well, fastballs. No softies for us. No soft. By the way, how much how much of your day is spent like trying to remember passwords, creating a new password, not covering your password, getting an email because you forgot a password? Do you forget a lot of your passwords? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you have to change your password every 15 minutes, it seems like. Oh, no. I feel like I have... that whole break doing another password. I have three, and they're normally in rotation. So, like, I use one most of the time, but I have three that it could possibly be. Well, like be. at work, we have to change ours. Oh, those. Yeah, you do we have, have to change. so often, so it's like... I only got so many, uh, you know. I normally do one thing off differently when I make those type of passwords, but the problem is then I do forget which number I'm on. Like, if I add a number to the original password, yeah. I forget what number I put last. So it's like Broads 99? Sure, but yes, without Broads. It's 98? Yeah, right, right. 97. Now, my, it's funny. Is your, you have your one normal go-to password, though? Like, if you had to create a new account right now. I used right to, now. but I, I, I just, I had to change them all because I'm, uh, got to do the password thing. So frequently, we got see, we got hacked a while back for something like the you know something crazy happened and I don't know we had to do all sorts of. Now we have to change our passwords like every ten minutes, but because of that, you know it's just like and then it can't be something that you use. It can't be something similar. It's got to like they got to put an exclamation point right, in there. Have the 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 the, the symbol. It is funny, though, because my password that I always use, it's just so random and so out there. It has no ties to anything. Like, I want to know and go back in time to the first time I used that and remember, like, why did I use that? It's just so out there. But, hey, it worked because nothing bad has happened to me since. But, anyway, you want to go here? Now, I wonder if this question was asked because of the whole dilemma going on with the NFL right now when it comes to the jersey swap. 
But here's the question from Tim. Does it bother you guys when players swap jerseys after a game and you see a player smile, be happy, dap up their opponent after they lose? So it clearly bothers Tim. The guy who loses the game and then afterwards he's all hunky-dory with the guy from the other team. Right. Like if you're an Eagles fan and then the, the team loses, but you see Miles Sanders, Carson Wentz smiling two seconds after a loss. It's not 1995 anymore. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I get I get his point, and I wish it was more that way, but nah, it doesn't bother me so much anymore. Yeah, definitely like does not bother me. That they had to put out something that says you can't jersey swap. Like, I don't even ever really, you know, if you're watching a game, you don't ever see, like, I don't know. Maybe it's at do. the very end after, like, the coaches do the handshake yeah. and they move forward. You might see a couple shots as they're going to commercial of Zeke and somebody else holding up their jerseys and smiling. I wish it was the way that it was, where it was more like, I don't like the guy, I don't like that team, I don't like, I mean, it's just not going to be that way anymore. I'm, I'm okay with evolving. There's certainly like the DH I don't like, you know, but I'm okay with evolution in other angles. Like, I wish more people were a little bit more open mind to change, but... I don't think Zeke plays any softer because he's friends with somebody on the other team. No, I mean, most of the time... Think about when you were growing up and you knew someone on the other team. You tried to play your best against your friends. Oh, yeah. When I played against my buddies in hockey, I actually tried to hit him across the blue line. Like, I wanted to knock him down, hit him with my shoulder. So afterwards, when we're getting drinks or eating or whatever, it's like, dude, I leveled you in the corner. You suck. Yeah, like a buddy of mine. Now, he claims he hit a home run off me one time. Uh Uh-oh, you don't remember? But the game got stopped by rain. So I said that home run doesn't count. <laughs> oh, I like that. It's but not it official. Does, it does count. Though. He says no. It, it went over the fence. It was a home run. I said yeah, but the game stopped in the third inning. Not an official game. No home run off me. Now it's interesting you bring that up. I had a scenario back when I played little league and we were going to districts and winning and all that. My buddy hit a grand slam on the shortest field possible. Like there was always this field. I believe it was in Magnolia. The fence was so close in. Everyone would hit home runs there. He hit a grand slam on that field when it was a blowout. The score was 6 nothing. He made it 10 nothing. I hit a home run that was a two-run shot. My only home run of my career, may I add. I was the ninth hitter, I'm not going to lie. I hit a two-run homer in a one-run game on a fence that was over 200 feet. And he claimed that his was better because it was a grand slam in a 6 nothing game. Obviously, my two-run shot is more important. It was a one-run game. Yeah. But his was a grand slam, so he thinks that means more. I'm right. Yeah. I'm definitely right. Yeah, I mean, yours was a meaningful yeah, meaningful moment. Right. People are delusional. <laughs> so anyway, to get back to Tim's question here, obviously, we both agree that it doesn't bother us at all. Does it bother us? I don't. I mean, why would something like that bother somebody? Do you think that it would bother Jeez. Billy Schwein? Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. I want something like, dude. I, I, I will say, though, I wish it was bad boy Pistons versus Michael Jordan type hatred. Like, to an extent, I think it would be cool to see that in sports more often. And you have lost yeah. that to an extent. No, no. I definitely agree with, like, that certain has scenarios. Been lost, but I'm like, I've come to terms with it. Right, I agree. I, I like, don't there think might it be a stops time, them. There might be a time where two to three years down the road, I might say, okay, I've warmed up to the DH. 
But as of right now, I don't I don't like the people who give me this answer. Well, it was inevitable that that DH was coming. So that doesn't mean you have to like it. Well, that's how I feel about accepting it. I do feel like it was ine- inevitable, so I'm accepting it. But I agree. It doesn't mean I that doesn't mean I have to like it. No. You but, don't have to like but it. But that's how I trick myself mentally to go, okay, well, I knew it was coming in. And anyway. you don't have to say because it's coming that you will accept it. Like Joe Girardi today. So Josh has this post up on the website, 973ESPN.com, and Girardi says that the universal DH is probably a blessing. He says, I like the idea because I don't think they're – that three weeks is enough time to get pitchers healthy to hit. So is he saying it's okay for just this year? Then okay. Then I can understand that. But the universal DH isn't a good thing for... That's the uniqueness of baseball. That you got the same game playing two different, completely different... It'd be like if the Western Conference played with six guys and the Eastern Conference played with five. The way he worded it... It would support that this year it's okay, but it does not support it long-term. It's funny, though. Me and Josh were kind of throwing punches like UFC-style in here during the break because I said I look at Joe Girardi as the AL guy, so I see him as someone who would support the DH. Josh thinks that we well, might not just be an AL guy. It just might be the recent time of Joe Girardi. Well, How do you Girardi feel about said, that? Girardi said, I look at Girardi, I don't really peg him as either. He won the NL Manager of the Year as a National Leaguer. Right? We got a text from Billy Schwein, by the way. All caps. It does piss me off. <laughs> but did they swap jerseys? Yeah. That there's no fire between these athletes anymore. I mean, worry about the health and safety of your family, not these two people swapping jerseys. I mean, come on, man. There's bigger things in this world to be concerned about. Uh, now, Girardi said, I actually like the different strategies in the game, and I enjoy managing in both leagues. I only managed one year with the Marlins as a National League manager, but I loved it. But I also love managing having a DH because during this time when pitchers aren't going to be built up as they would be coming out. So it sounds like he definitively says, I like managing the National League. Like, I loved it, he said. Oh, you get to be going. And then he said, but I like managing and having a DH – because during this time, when pitchers aren't going to be built up as they would be coming out of a normal spring training, not having to worry if you're going to take a pitcher out in the third inning or how you're going to get through. But he's proven the point of why we like the DH. Because he's basically saying, I don't have to manage in the American League. I don't have to manage whether my pitcher should come out in the third inning. He's playing a little bit of both sides. I but think that's said, what he's doing. I only managed the Marlins for one year, but I loved it. Well, yeah, I'm sure he did love it. Unless that's just coach. Who wouldn't? I don't know. There, You know what? There are probably managers, and you're going to say they're bad managers, but there are probably managers yeah. out there who would prefer. And you don't want to be a manager. Right. I, I'm with you. you I support sit in the dugout that logic. And sunflower seeds. Right. It's like the person that you say who likes. You, well, you have a lot of philosophies out there. One of them is, uh, oh, the, 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 the friend of mine, his father, doesn't like the Eagles, but he loves all other sports. You claim he's not a sports fan. Then. He's not. Just like these managers. I'm not claiming. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, you're telling. Well, the one time I will disagree with you, although I, I kind of disagree with that viewpoint, but I get it, is the White Claw thing. You said because I drink White Claws all day during a picnic or the beach or the pool, I don't like to drink because I picked the White Claws. That's right. Now, I sent you a text message yesterday on my ride home from work. I picked up a 12-pack of Stella Artois, yeah. and I picked up and, some White Claws. Okay. I have some. I, I take some uh, issue with this. Okay. I responded with a grade. 6.6. Right. And then I sent a picture of what I was drinking. 
Nothing. No, you know what I did with that, actually? I got a complete pass. I had some friends over, and I showed them and told them all about... I showed them that picture, and I told them all about this IPA low-calorie, and they are so impressed they're ready to look into it. Okay. So I showed them that picture. Yeah, but no response. Well, eh, I, you could have gave me something. I gave you a... Uh, I mean, I felt I gave like... you a Larry David. It was yeah, before no, that, though. You gave though. me the Larry David That's to the answer pretty, to yours. Pretty good. Right, and then when I said, here's my drink. Oscar Blues won why? I got nothing. Well, I just want to let you Because you said, know. is this an acceptable stop-home purchase? And it's a picture of a Stella Artois, and it looked to be a White Claw watermelon or variety it, pack. Oh, it was a variety pack, All yes. Right. And I said, I gave it a 6.6 .6 purchase, which was heavily inflated by the Stella. I can totally <laughs> see that being true, yes. Right. And then I gave you the... Uh, the picture of See, my I'm beer. a little upset because I bought the 12-pack of Stellas. My buddies came over. They brought me some IPAs, some pale ales. We're loading up the fridge in the basement during the bar area. And I have all these great options. IPA, pale ale, and the Stellas. I, all I did was drink the White Claws. I can't stop drinking these things. I cannot stop. And the fact that I have all these great options in the fridge and I keep my hand as soon as I open the fridge at like automatically starts going to these. I can't stop it. Like Jim it. Carrey in Liar Liar with the color of the pen <laughs> that I have in my pen. Yes, exactly. I, it's just I can't get over them. And it's like, oh, mango, oh, lime, oh, raspberry, oh, black cherry. I can't stop. Well, you know what I did? You, you know I have the two fridges. Yes. And we went out the one weekend and got all the White Claws and the Vizzies and the Trulies. They're all in the bad fridge, aren't they? They got removed. They're in the bad fridge now. So, guests, you want to come over? There you go. Have some fun. Uh, don't tempt me with a good time. Yeah. So, what what grade would you give my... Uh... Well, the problem is I haven't had it yet. So, I don't know. Your one, your one IPA you sent me, I can't give you a grade. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll be able to try it, then I'll uh... give you the grade. We got another question here from Nick. Not sports-related. Your favorite fast food chain. Now, I guess this is a bad question to ask now since you're out on the... I know I'm you still have it's one. It's not like I haven't been to a fast food restaurant in my life. I don't want to tempt you on your ride home nah. to stop somewhere. Now, this is a tough one, though. See, mine's so easy, it's unbelievable. And it's Chipotle. I'm an obnoxious... Would you call that a fast Absolutely. food chain? Yeah, it is. I think it is. Hmm. Maybe we'll Google it, but I, I think it's a fast food chain. Is Chipotle a fast food chain? <laughs> Let's see what Google tells me. Uh, Chipotle is considered a fast casual restaurant, meaning yeah. that offers... Uh, okay, this... Nah, you know why it's not a fast food chain? Why? It doesn't have drive-thru. So, but I don't a think... A fast food no, chain no. has a drive-thru. I disagree it's with that. It's not fast food if you can't drive-thru. Fast food chain definition. Here we go. Uh, a quick service restaurant. A quick service restaurant. Drive through. And has minimal table service. Yeah. Chipotle's got all table service. No, it's minimal. Now, Chipotle, I'm saying, not fast food. I... It's not a fast food restaurant. All right. If you put in fast food restaurant, let's see if it's listed with it. Oh, I think it will. Let's see. I mean, considering I Googled is Chipotle a fast food chain, nah. and I'm getting yes. All right, fast food. 50 most popular. Would you think it would be on there? All right, here we go. The Wikipedia list of the fast food chain restaurants. Chipotle's on that list. Okay. Yeah. Yes, see? It says here, what is Chipotle considered? It is an American chain of fast, casual restaurants in the United States. Mm -hmm. So we can both agree at this point 
It is fast food, and yeah, it's but a no see, like, Okay, then this is see this is all like Starbucks is considered a fast food chain. That's not a fast food chain. Pizza Hut's considered fast. Like that's the same. Now you're putting Pizza Hut in the fast food chain. No, I think Pizza Hut can totally lean towards that direction. Uh, I would like okay. This says Five Guys. I wouldn't say Five Guys is. You ever go to really? a Five Guys? Yeah, I think that's there's fast nothing food. fast about Five Guys. <laughs> Fast. No, the reason why it's is, not fast is because it's very good, but there's nothing fast about it at all. What? But you're talking about the actual speed of the food coming to you. Yeah, the fast food experience is fast food because you can go through the drive-through, and and that's what is making it fast food. I think Five Guys is a fast food chain. I do. Mm. See, it's you a, go see, by drive-thru. It's like a chain burger spot. It's not a fast food joint. A fast food is your, you know, your McDonald's, your, your Burger King, your Wendy's, your Chick-fil-A. I think Chick there's tiers of fast food restaurants. Okay, I but, think he wants to know, like, Carl's Jr. Is that your answer? No. Oh. I don't know. I don't, uh, I like Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick-fil-A is so damn good. Yeah, like it's Taco so Bell would good. be a fast food because they got drive-thru. Now, I never understood the fascination with Taco Bell. I have some family members that love Taco Bell, and I'm like, are you serious? Now, when Todd ranks on, they don't have Chick-fil-A in California. But they do have In-N-Out. I've never had yeah, In-N-Out. Yeah, but so when we go to Philly Spring Training, okay, we're on vacation, we're in Florida, I want to get, he wants to go to Chick-fil-A because they don't have it in Cali. Well, what's wrong with that? I'm on vacation, I don't want to go to Chick-fil-A. Well, I think I can always go Chick-fil-A, even if I'm on vacation. I might prefer it when I'm on vacation. That's how good it is. No. A number one, put the uh, pickle, by the way. Have to have the pickle on there. I never understood the anti-pickle on the chicken sandwich. And then the Chick-fil-A sauce on the sandwich. Yeah, I go. Two of those in a large fry. Spicy chicken every time. It's a good move. Yep. It's a good spicy move. Spicy chicken, no tomato. I'm okay. anti-tomato. You're anti-tomato. No doubt. I know. You ever go Jack in the Box? It. No. You ever go Arby's? I've been there once or twice. Yeah, we had an Arby's at, at West Virginia. Good? Good roast beef? Just think about eating that Arby's roast beef in Morgantown. Sounds phenomenal. That's your 3 a.m. place, huh? Yeah. 3, 3 you ever go to Hardy's? No. Yeah, they had a WVU, uh, Hardy's at WVU. How about a Long John Silver's? Maybe once in my life, but not... Not really. Now, not see, they're counting like, Subway and Quiznos. See, I was going to say Subway food. is fast food. See, Subway I don't go is that. fast food. What about a Panda Express? I think that's fast food. Absolutely. See, if you have to go up to the place and then you order like down the line, that's still a fast food joint. See, I'm all, uh, my fast food is: Do you have a drive-through? I don't. I don't agree with that logic. All right, we're gonna have to pull it. We might have to. Um, you got any more? I got one over here. Yeah. I agree. Fast food chains have to have a drive-thru. Oh, okay. That's what this text message says. Oh, okay. Says. I don't know if I... I mean, uh, he's not I can... speaking for all of us. Right. Uh, real quick, this guy says, You guys mentioned yesterday that we may not have college sports. How do you think that would affect each respected pro team's draft? think it will significantly. I, you know what? That question is is, is a complete... T- it's a whole segment. I mean, how would it do each sport? Ah. We could bring that up maybe... Uh, in the next hour, because that one, I was thinking about this the other night. What if there's no NCAA tournament again? Oh. I literally was sitting there today saying, you know what? 
number one sports talk radio show on 97.3 ESPN-FM. All right, so the poll question's up. Broads considered Chipotle a fast food. I would say it has to have a drive through to be considered fast side. Whose side are you on? Give us a vote over at 973ESPN on Twitter. I just got a text from one of my good buddies. I'm with Gil. Three exclamation points. Got to have a drive-thru. It's not fast if I have to get out of my car, walk yep. inside, order, and then walk back to my car. Absolutely. Couldn't disagree more with you guys. I mean, the whole concept of fast food is fast. You're not- yeah, but when you go to Chipotle... You walk in and the food is ready for you. You just ask them what to put on them. It's not like you got to wait for the food to be cooked. Like the food is fast. It's right there. You just tell them what you want. Or it's like me. Here you go. They have the apps now. I order and I go there and I just pick up the bag. I just pick up the I bag. I see people do that. No, it's that fast food. Still got to get out of the car. I do have to get out of the car. No good. Oh, come on. This is ridiculous. Not fast enough. Oh, really? Not fast enough. No, I mean, now this has Chuck E. Cheese as a fast food. There's nothing fast about Chuck E. Cheese. Well, you're playing I don't know games what in list there for an hour and a half. Well, I don't know what list you're looking at right it's now. It's the list of fast food chains from Wikipedia, the worldwide chains. They got, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them here. And actually, not as much as I would think. I mean, I think, I guess one of the questions is, which one? Like, I don't see Chick-fil-A on here. All right, here is So that's the, why this list is now right, I agree. defunct. Here's the definition of fast food. Food that can be prepared quickly and easily and is sold in restaurants and snack bars as a quick meal or to be taken out. So by the definition, we are okay with having places without drive throughs to be fast food. Not by me. Oh, well, you, you're nuts, apparently. It's the letter of the law. I mean, uh, we can go to the court system. How and- would you um, classify then? What's the name of the place uh, where you pull up and they come like roller skate to you? Is that like Stewart's? Sonic. Oh, Sonic. I'm yeah. thinking of Stewart's Root Beer. Do Sonic? they do that too? They pull up in your car or something? Or A&W? I think they come to your car. Uh, I just know. Sonic know is one too. Sonic that does it. Okay. Them two guys have been in those Sonic commercials for years. Yeah, they get the, the smoothie. Chili cheese, hot dog, or something. Now, was that that's fast food to you? Because you don't leave your car. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Of course, it's fast food. Nothing fast about Sonic. Boston Market, they got drive-through. Your logic is so flawed. Funny part is the Boston Market in Summers Point is now Chipotle. Ah, smart people.